Welcome to episode 136 of Auto Off Topic. What's up, Brad? Not much. What's going on, Andrew? Not too much. Hey, we were out in uh, Phoenix last week. We were. And you're still in Phoenix. I am still in Phoenix. This is actually experimental podcast number one. Yep. So whatever you just did came through loud and clear. Don't do it again. Nope. Uh, I was literally just getting a water because I forgot to get it before we started. Yeah. Eventually we'll get better mics that won't pick up everything, but... uh, well, I'm literally just using a like a headphone mic. Yeah, like for a cell phone. So yeah, All right. it works for now. All right. So I'm not per- I'm not permanently out here yet. So we're not permanently set up yet. I just have this. Just this one week's episode will be like this. Obviously, yeah. But it's a good experiment. Make sure everything works. All right. Cool. Uh, I came out Thursday night because uh, Radwood was on Saturday in Vegas, and we'll get to that. But we hung out all day Friday. Explored around in the Sapporo, and yeah, in the heat with no AC around Phoenix. Yeah, a car with a two-tone black roof. That was yep. uh, uh, the first triple-digit day in Phoenix, which is unseasonably quick this year too. It wasn't too bad. It was a little touch and go, but you know, it was it was. It's not normally that hot here that quick. In fact, all this week where I've been here this week, it's been back in the eighties. Yeah, it's been quite comfortable actually. But we were having breakfast, and you suggested this place, Desert Valley Auto Parts, and I was like, what the hell is that? Yeah, so they had a TV show a few years ago, which is how I heard about them. Yeah. And they've been featured on some other TV shows since then. Yeah. Um, I think they were called uh, Desert... No. You know, and now I... Desert Car Kings. Desert Car Kings, that's the one, yep. Yep. And uh, it wasn't a particularly good show. Um, but that's probably what happens when you take people that work at a junkyard and tell them to be on TV. Right. Yeah. It's not exactly the ideal television crowd cause they've never been on television or in any kind of, any kind of production, I would assume. Um, so it wasn't the best show. They tried to do like a build show kind of deal with it where they would rescue a car from the yard and put it back together always under the typical TV deadline. Yeah. Obviously, it was full of fake drama and um, probably, I'm sure, a lot of behind-the-scenes stuff that you didn't see on TV because there's no way they found all the parts to throw the cars in their yard. (laughs) Yeah. No, but it's like, uh, I've never watched it. I never even heard of it. But you said they were also, like, the roadkill guys would go there occasionally. I think that's the one they went to. I could be wrong. Um, I know they go to some yard out here. I thought it was that one, but then after we were there, it looks a little different than on TV, but that's also always a possibility. Oh, okay. There's there's literally probably a dozen or so vintage car yards out here. Oh, okay. Hmm. So, I'll have to go find some more. Yeah, no, I've definitely been looking for a few more since then. Yeah, because it was pretty cool, because it's like out almost in the middle of nowhere, like north of Phoenix. But yeah, it's near an airport, but not like Phoenix Airport. No, just like a regional airport. Uh, it's like on the outer edge of the entire sprawl of the city. And then it's like you walk in the front, and they have all the cars you could buy that were kind of complete. And then out back, everything was just kind of stacked up in order, though. 
It was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, it definitely was a different place. I went to Hidden Valley Auto Parts. Oh, okay. So I had to find Hidden Valley Auto Parts. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hidden Valley Ranch. Yeah. They put dressing all over the cars. No, no, terrible. No, that's a bad joke. Yep. Anyway, so let's find that one. But this was this place was cool too because it was something we would never see in New England. Because in New England, all these cars are crushed. Yeah. Or they didn't even make it. Like, <laughs> they're just rotted to the point where it's pointless to even keep them. Yeah, they're not worth anything in parts. Yeah. Because all the parts you would want are junk. Yeah. So it was wild being able to walk around a junkyard looking at cars that have been not cared for for the past 30 years that still are usable. Yeah. Yeah, they were like... I don't think there was anything newer than probably like 35 years old. Yeah, as a general rule, like they had a couple of moderner vehicles that I think they're using to run parts around. Yeah, but like the drive around the yard, like I saw a Camry and a Honda Passport. Yeah, but and, that that uh, was about it. Yeah, that was been a caravan. That was about it. Like actually, Everything else. Yeah, in the yard was nothing really that new. Yeah, I didn't see anything really, really newer than like '85, '86. Yeah, there, was there were a, a couple of third gen Camaros and uh, like G body Monte Carlos. That's about as new as it got. Yeah, and definitely almost all American stuff. Yeah, the only non-American stuff we saw was they were inexplicably three Austin Americas all parked together mm-hmm. in the complete car section: a Fiat X19, a Yugo, um, and then there was a captive import, a Chevy Love, which is an Isuzu. P up or pop. Yep. Um, which was cool because they had a period four wheel drive system installed in it too, which they weren't available for wheel drive from the factory. So it would have been a dealer or aftermarket add on. Yeah, that always blew my mind that you could do that back then. But I guess yeah. it makes well, sense. Well, they didn't offer them They didn't offer them that way. So yeah. The aftermarket was rife with them. It's kind of like uh, air conditioning systems in the 90s. Yeah. Or up till the 90s? No, beyond the 90s. Remember, my sister bought a brand new car in 2008 with no AC. Oh, that's and right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then it was dealer installed afterwards. Yeah, yep. She went with the cheapest possible car on the market, and then later on, I was like, I want air conditioning. So for another 1000 or $1,500 or whatever it was, they installed AC in the car. Uh, yeah, I do remember that. And that was only like two thousand eight. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't so think it was more prevalent in the eighties and nineties, but well, it was prevalent through like the sixties, seventies, all the way through the nineties. Yeah, yeah. Because you'd buy, you either get an aftermarket AC system, or you'd option your car after the fact with it. But it wasn't. Yeah, because it wasn't common for cars in like New England or Michigan to come factory with AC, even no. though it gets to a hundred degrees and a hundred percent humidity in the summertime. They just didn't, they didn't offer them that way. You just, I guess just stayed home when it was real hot. Yeah. And then I guess you didn't need to defrost your windows either. I guess not. <laughs> you just had an ice cream for the inside. No big deal. Yeah, exactly. Big flat glass. But anyway, it was uh, it was neat to see that with the aftermarket four by four conversion. Oh, there was a two door trooper that was in the yard. Yep, that was that was probably. But it was again, it was like an eighty six or eighty seven. So that was definitely one of the newer vehicles and a foreign vehicle that was in the yard. 
Cool. So yeah, it was a neat place. It, it was it was cool to see the history of the cars. Like you could see some of them that had been maybe restored at one point, and then just daily driven until they were dead. Some that looked pretty original. Um, there were some former race cars that still had you know numbers and names and the doors and um, it was just it was it was a cool a cool history lesson I guess. It was also like super clean for a junkyard. Yes, it was very clean and organized. She shouldn't even call it a junkyard. It's not a junkyard. It's a salvage yard. Yep. Junkyard junk is yeah implies that the stuff's not worth anything, which yeah. is pretty valuable actually. I mean for the most part. There was like yeah. Some... When you think of you know you get somebody with a '65 Lincoln. Yeah. You know you can't go to Ford and buy a new bumper. Yeah, exactly. So they have, they probably had 15 to 20 of that you know mid '60s Lincolns just stacked three high. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was pretty neat. Yeah, it was all organized, kind of yeah. like by like make model, and I think the the first row we walked up was kind of like Fords, it seemed like. It was smaller Fords. So on the left side, it was all Pintos and Bobcats. And on the right side, it was all Falcons and Rancheros. Yeah, and then it kind of like morphed into like uh, Chrysler products. And then the other yep. side... Again, it was weird too, because yeah. it was small Chrysler's first. It was Darts and mm-hmm. Valiants and stuff. And then on the other side, it kind of went into GM stuff. Yep. And I think it was like Pontiacs were kind of first, or maybe it was, there was Cadillacs. Cadillacs. Yeah. Yeah. Tons and tons and tons of 75 Eldorados, Andrew, for your... Yes. For your project, future project. That, well, it only needs seatbelts, unfortunately. Well, fortunately, it only needs seatbelts. Yeah, well, at the moment, as we know, the car hasn't been driven in 15, 20 years. <laughs> yeah. Well, nothing's rotted away on it, so there's right. that. Needs uh, horns, kind of like horns. Which you probably could have got while we were there. Probably. I'm sure probably I can go on their website and just have them ship right to you. Tell them what I want. <laughs> it's not yeah. like that's the other thing. You can't go. It's not a pick and pull yard because. Yep, you have to. He, he said to take a picture with your cell phone and bring it back up to him of what you want, and they'll send one of their guys out to pull it. Yeah, because otherwise people so. would just destroy everything. Yeah, I mean, have you been to like Holland's? Yeah, I've been People to all like, oh, the. Local I need a radio yards. for yeah. that, you know, a Caprice. I'm going to go through the windshield to get it. Yeah, exactly. So people suck. But yeah, no, it's a good, it's a good way to preserve the cars for all the parts, which mm-hmm. is also good for their inventory, obviously, as well as just preserving the cars. Right. You know, they don't want to sell you a part for a hundred dollars that you destroyed a thousand dollars worth of parts to get to. Yep. So that makes sense. But yeah, it was really neat. I uh, would like to go back. Um, maybe go back with a purpose when I need something too. It would be fun. Yeah. But go buy a car out of there. Poke around. <laughs> Pull a whole car out of there. There were a few that I wanted for sure. Like that '62 Plymouth wagon was really nice. I know there were some of them that, like, even if you pulled them out of there, made them run, and sent them up here, you could charge so much money up here for them. Yes. Nice like, southern car. Like, even with the, like people would like I there was the way they were like the paint was worn, I would literally just like matte clear them, and just yep. drive it. It's a patina car. Yeah, but like a, the interior because it's completely sunbaked. But like a real 
patina, not airbrushed. Yeah, not a, not fake patina, exactly. Yeah, and like, I don't know. I feel like that would like fetch a lot of money up here because you don't see it. Yep, no, it definitely would. It definitely would. So the reason we came out to the west coast. Yep. Radwood. Radwood Vegas. Radwood Vegas. Only the second time I've been to Vegas. Oh really? Yeah. First time. Yeah, we went, back that in... one time we went in 2010. Mm-hmm. Yeah, once was uh, enough for a while. Yeah. No, it doesn't get any better. No, it's it's the same thing every time you go there. Yeah, most most cities in the U.S. seem to be improving. Yeah. Vegas just seems to stay the same. Yeah. It's a dystopian Disney world. Sorry to our listeners who live in Vegas, but yeah. you know, as an outsider, it's it's kind of gross. At the night, it looks cool. Dirty, but yeah. And and where the, the show was, and where the show was, it was nice at the convention center. I would yep. definitely like it's to go there week. for SEMA. Yes, I think we're gonna try to go. I'm gonna try to go this year. Yes. Um, or to the next SEMA show. Mm-hmm. It's in November. Yeah, I'll be out here in the west coast anyway, so mm-hmm. it makes sense. So, how did we get there? Do I talk about that? Uh. Yeah, we drove the Sapporo mm-hmm. from Phoenix, where it is stored now. Yep. Um, to Vegas, along with a friend of the show, Ron, and his Starian. Yep. Uh, and his wife, Nanette, and her CRX. Yep. And uh, it was a good, a good time. Yeah, it was like, uh, what is that, five hours, six hours? It's like five? Uh, it would have been six? five hours if there wasn't. A giant road closure trying to leave Phoenix. Yeah. Right at rush hour. So we basically took about an hour, added an hour to the trip because they closed one of the major highways that we were headed to. So we drove through major rush hour traffic to get to this highway. And then we got there and it was closed due to police activity. Right. So we had to turn around and go all the way back through town. Like... An hour to the next, the other way out of town. Yeah. So, I guess some guy was trying to jump off the bridge. Ah. Yeah, that's what happened. So, the guy deciding to end his life unsuccessfully really got in the way of our plans. Yeah. So, hopefully, hopefully, he got the help he needs and he's okay. But yeah, it was definitely a. Uh, a frustrating start to the to the trip because a it was a hundred degrees and b it was rush hour and c we were hungry so it didn't didn't make for a lot of fun for the first hour or so no but we got through it and we got there no once the sun went down it was uh, quite a nice ride yep yeah it was really cool when the sun went down actually it was very uh very comfortable and we drove so. over the overpass bridge that goes above the, the Hoover bridge. Dam yep. yeah the new one yep. Yeah, I'd yeah, we were out there in 2010. They were still building it. Yeah, I was trying to remember. Did we in 2010? Could we drive over the bridge? Oh yeah, over the dam. You had to drive over it because that bridge right, didn't exist. That was the only way that now highway they don't, went. Yeah, yeah, now they don't allow you to drive over the over the dam. Not at all. No, yeah, it, they're that, building that bridge for two reasons: one, to make traffic faster, and two, for security of the dam. Exactly. So you can drive so, down to the dam, and I think it's you're only allowed to walk across between the right. two states. Yeah. Because, so uh, uh, yeah, Ethan, we, we, get the, we get the privilege of driving across it ourselves. 
yeah, Ethan Tufson, uh, Paul, I don't want to say his name wrong. It's not the Beatle last name. It's slightly different. On the Hello Road podcast. Yes. Yeah. They uh, they were telling me that they walked all over the dam on Saturday because they hadn't been there before. Oh, really? Yeah. That's funny to me because they're West Coast people. Not originally. Well, one of them isn't. Ethan's from yeah, Massachusetts. They've been here for a long time. Yeah. yeah. It's kind of out of the way if you're not like going to Vegas for some other reason. Yeah, I, I guess it's just being an East Coaster. All of these things in the West Coast are like romantic, romanticized. Like you want to go to the Grand Canyon. You want to go to the Hoover Dam. You want to go to Vegas. You want to go to L.A. There are all these things that seem bigger um, in your mind than they are in real life. Except for the Grand Canyon. That's pretty big in real life. Oh, but, yes. Yeah. That's still, that still impresses me to this day. <laughs> It, it just it just seems like I guess maybe being from the East Coast that all these things seem like everybody in the West Coast gets to go see them, you know, every year for their annual school field trip or something, you know. It's mm. like a does it doesn't seem like it's something somebody wouldn't do. But it's so vast out here that I can understand why you wouldn't. But when you, you get know, over I think it's ninety highway ninety three. Once you get past the dam, like the dam's pretty close to Las Vegas. Yes. And then once you get through, like you're up in the mountains, and then all of a sudden you come down and you can see all of Las Vegas, like that's still pretty cool. Yeah, especially driving into Vegas at night. It's really a neat, uh, really neat sight. Yeah, because last time we, I went there, we came in at night and you could see everything. It was pretty wild. Yep. Yep. It's really neat from an airplane, too. Mm hmm flying into the airport in Vegas. But so Radwood, the show itself. Yep. Um, a little bit smaller than most Radwoods. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of that had to do with the fact that it was kind of a last minute Radwood. Yeah. The yeah. promotion wasn't exactly as strong as it as it, it wasn't as strong as it could have been due to time more than anything else. Yeah. I'm not sure the heat helped. I think some of the locals are like, uh, I'm not going to go hang out stay in the hot parking lot for four hours yeah yeah even though they shifted it to night which was cool because like despite that there was a lot of cool stuff yeah and once like two hours in it it really cooled off it was quite comfortable it was nice yep yeah it was right under the shadow of the monorail too which was neat Mm -hmm. i feel like a monorail in itself has a very 80s aesthetic to it because it's you know kind of what you picture when the monorail was a newer thing yeah, exactly. So that was really neat. Um, a lot of cool cars came out. A couple of cars that I've seen in pictures for years, but I've never seen in person. Um, that low mile Galant VR4. Right. One from Bring a Trailer. Yep. That was a really neat car. Um, the DR30 Skyline. That was a really neat car. That's a um, super that- neat car. Yeah, that gets my pick for a car of the show, which actually I think it won Radisson Show, is it not? I believe so. Yeah. And the Galant actually won Radisson Future Collectible. It did. So that was cool. I liked the 911 Speedster, the white one. Yes. I believe yep. that's a 930. That a... No, 930 is a 911 Turbo. Unless... 
930 Speedster? I don't know. I, I don't know if Porsche is enough. It's, not it's my... late 80s. I'm trying to look at the Tamiya kit. That's over here. Maybe it is a 930 Speedster. Yeah. And I just like that car because I don't think I've ever seen one in person. Didn't you go to Redwood too with me? I did. Was there, I don't remember there being one there. There was a black one parked over by the bathrooms. Oh. I guess it's not as noticeable in black. Like the white is where... Like I thought they were all white. I'd never seen one that wasn't white. At least in pictures. Yeah, no, those or red, maybe black, silver. gray, yeah. yellow, silver. I've seen quite a few different colors. Huh. And there's one in the Peterson too. The uh, Porsche Museum. The Porsche exhibit. Oh, I think I missed but. that too. So, to me, I picture that car as a white car with the white fuchs and just that low windshield. Like, for some reason, I just think that's a really good-looking car. It is a really good-looking car. Because the regular cabs of those, I'm not particularly fond of. Don't think they look very good. I think they look good with the top down, but they're, like, goofy with the top up. They look goofy with the top down anyways because the big, the top just sits on top like a... (laughs) <laughs> like a like a 1930s convertible. It's really weird. Like a 50s Beetle? Yeah, and I don't like that at all. Like 993 cabs are really, really ugly to me. The last air-cooled so ones? I disagree. I like them. Yeah. I think the coupes are so much better looking. I mean, I, I prefer a coupe. Don't get me wrong. But uh, I don't hate the, uh, the cab. Yeah. Not my not not my chosen car, but I don't I don't no I wouldn't turn one down. <laughs> that was probably my favorite car there, I think. Oh, and then the uh, more so than the DR thirty. Yeah. Hmm. I like the DR thirty, but I'm trying to go with something not Japanese, It'd be a little different. Although, no. um, actually, that avocado Mercedes wagon. That thing was like a concourse quality car. Yeah, that was gorgeous. Yeah, for sure. And the... um, I was really intrigued by the DeLorean with the Lotus drivetrain swap. Yep, it had a uh, twin-turbo Lotus Esprit. Yeah. So that would have been like a late model, late 80s, early 90s Esprit, I think, with the Mm -hmm. V8. And a gated shifter. Yep. Well, that kind of makes sense because... The DeLorean and the Esprit share some DNA. Very little, but barely. Yeah, I, I think that the the, the, ch- the chassis backbone is the same, though. Uh, I don't think it is. I think it's, like, similar in design, but I don't think it would, like, swap. Hmm. I think there was a lot of work involved in that. And I think... I was talking to Ron about it afterwards. I think he said the guy did it like many years ago, actually, that swap to that car. Yeah, he built it in his garage. Yeah. And then it's got, it had the HRE, um, like Ferrari F40 style wheels. Yep. There was actually a discussion about that as well. Yeah. Did you just go underwater? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Um,. There was the wheels on that particular car. Yeah. 
he called HRE because he wanted to change the size of them. Yeah. Uh, and HRE told him that they didn't exist. Really? Yeah. Huh. They told him they didn't make them. There's no way they made them. You've never seen them before. It's not something that uh, they could help him with. And he was like, well, I'm looking right at them and they're stamped. HRE, so you definitely made them. And he goes, nope. Not all. Well, I feel like there's two different HREs. There's like Hayashi whatever racing enterprises. And then there's the HRE that's in the United States. And it's super confusing. I don't, I don't know why there's two. But like the wheels on my Talon are definitely mm -hmm. like Japanese HREs. Mm -hmm. And they're probably not. If I called them up, they'd probably say the same thing to me about the wheels because they're not the American HREs. And I'm sure like I've tried to research it, but there's not much on the internet. Maybe somebody else knows more about it and they can drop us a line about it. But I feel like there's some disconnect between the HREs that were made in the eighties and nineties in Japan. And then the ones that you could buy here now, I don't think they're the same company, even though it's the same name, hmm. you know, like the new, like like the new Polaroid I, I camera, the, the, the new one they use to see a lot of Corvettes and stuff now. Yeah, yeah. I'd have to look into that too. I, I don't know for a fact. Yeah, I don't. I, thought, I feel like they're not the same. Okay. But so I, that's entirely. Possible. I don't know enough to, to discuss that. Yeah. Um, our our um, wheel expert listeners will have to to check in on that. Yeah. I know my friend Paul knows a lot about that stuff. Yeah. But it reminds so me of he, like the new Polaroid cameras that you can buy. Are not made yep. by the same Polaroid company. They use they just use <laughs> reuse the name and it's some other company now, because the actual Polaroid went out of business a number of years ago. So, speaking of wheels, yes, our friend Ron went with us to the show. That's right. That's his fourth uh, and Radwood. It's the fourth Radwood his car has been to. Yes. So Ron bought a Starion sight unseen in Connecticut, mm -hmm. with the sole intention of bringing it to Radwood. Philly. Philadelphia, which he did. Yep, that's on our episode Road Starion. Right, because he came on as a guest. That's right. Um, he does not live in Connecticut or Philadelphia, or Philadelphia. He lives in Phoenix, Arizona. So the whole thing was kind of a crapshoot. And uh, he managed to pull it off. <laughs> and then after leaving Philadelphia, he drove the car to Phoenix. Sorted the car a little bit more. Drove the car from Phoenix to Austin, Texas, for Radwood, Austin. Yep. Drove the car back to Phoenix, then drove it to. I think my order screwed up a little bit here. Um, I think L.A. was before Austin. L.A. was before um, Austin because it was it went uh, Philly. L.A. was in December, and then Austin was in the spring. Okay. So Either he way, drove it to L.A. and then he drove back to Phoenix, and he drove it to Austin and back to Phoenix, and then he drove it to um, Las Vegas. And back to Phoenix. Yeah. But the uh, Radwood organization and Momo Wheels decided that due to his dedication, they were going to offer him a set of um, the new Momo Heritage six wheels. Yep. Um, just because he's been to so many events, brought the car to so many events, and uh, just kind of to show their appreciation and um, give him something for his dedication to the event. Yeah, and it's in the so, spirit of driving to all these events. Yep. Put some nice wheels yeah, exactly. in the car. 
So he's got a set of those coming. We're actually trying to figure out exactly what sizes he needs to get to make it fit the car perfectly because he wants to go a little bit aggressive with the fitment. Cool. Yeah, not like full-on stance boy, but he wants to make the thing look look perfect. Well, they so are we're looking at. Yeah, they are seventeens. They're seventeens, and yeah. you can get them in any offset and size he wants. That you know, within their range, obviously. Um, and he wants to also lower the car before fitting the wheels. Cool. So the car will have a totally different setup by the next Radwood event. Nice. So that'll be really cool. So, and they're like there's actually a... a group buy for starring in coilovers this month. So that works out very well because they're like seven hundred bucks. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And then the wheels are. I think you told me was they going to go with a gold or a bronze. Um, he's trying to decide between black or bronze. I think he should go with the bronze to go against the Palermo gray staring color. Yeah, I'd go with the bronze. I think so. And then the hub We'll board, see what happens, though. It's ultimately his car, his choice. They won't yeah. look bad in black. I just think they'll look better in bronze. Yeah, I mean, personal taste on my end, I'm not a huge fan of solid black wheels. Right. But Depends on the car. It very much depends on the car, and it, there's very few cars that look good with solid black wheels, if any. Or I'm just tired of it because every new car comes with them now. I think that's what's ruining it, is the, the new OEM cars with black wheels. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what color he powder-coated his wife's Tesla's wheels. They're great. I feel like, all right, good. Because I feel like a lot of Tesla owners like powder-coat their wheels black. Yep. Or maybe they are black. I don't remember. It's a Tesla, so I didn't really notice. Yeah. It's not really my thing, but I guess yeah. if you don't want to... I wanna... get it. It's cool, but it's not my thing. The problem is with like a gloss black wheel, you still have to clean it a lot. Because otherwise it turns gray-brown from all the brake dust. Right. Against the black tire, it looks terrible. Yeah. Well, the tire will turn the same color, too. And then when you see a car that's not, not taken care of at all with black uh, wheels... It just it looks, looks dirty. looks really bad. That's a agreed. As we get off on this tangent on black wheels, that we don't like. I I like them on some things. I actually I, I've always liked them. Um, the factory steering wheels I thought always looked good in black against a red car. Uh, maybe. Yeah, I think so, but that's just personal opinion. Not into it. I uh, could be wrong. I usually am. Now, uh, speaking of like black finished things. Uh, the next uh, CRX is like super nice, like super shiny black. That car is really cool. Yep, that's a cool car. Uh, she bought that car. I think she had one either in high school or right after high school. Mm-hmm. So she wanted to relive the nostalgia of that. And it's like pretty much stock for the most part. Yeah, it's lowered a little bit. That's yeah. about it. But it's got springs, I think. When was the last time you saw one that was like nearly stock? So never. So that was really cool. Anything else about Radwood? I don't think so. I think I'm going to keep this to a short episode tonight. So yeah, we'll probably uh, wrap it up around there for tonight. Yeah. Fortunately, got some time constraints this evening, but 30 minutes is better than no minutes. Yeah. And if it's doesn't sound great, I don't want to make you listen to all of it. So yeah, <laughs> we're going we're gonna to work on it. Give us feedback on the way this one sounds and we'll yeah, do our best to improve important it. That's going on here. Yeah. This is more of a test because we're going to... Oh. We want to continue doing this podcast as where Brad is moving away from where I live, but uh, we yeah, still we'll want have, to do the we'll podcast. Yeah, we'll have better mics. That's yeah. the big thing. Yeah. 
What are we going to say? Um, speculation. Oh, yeah. So we have another StarQuest Market Watch. Yep. Another one just went up on Bring a Trailer. Mm-hmm. And it's actually a local car. It's in New Hampshire. That's an 86 Conquest in black with black leather. Like 25,000 miles on it. 25,000 miles. It's mint. Um, really nice car. It has been repainted once. Right. Um, I assume maybe it just sat outside somewhere and the paint faded. So as you did in the 80s and 90s, you just had the coal car sprayed. So I think that might detract a little bit from it. Um, and it's an 86, which will detract a little bit from it as well. That's a lot of one-year-only parts in 86. Not as desirable. It's probably the least desirable of the wide cars. So that will affect the value a little bit, I think. Um, I don't think non-Starian people buying them will care. No, it's pretty well known. Uh, the 86 has some troublesome issues with uh, fuel injection and ECUs. Um, I think that you're probably looking at a $12,500 car by the time the auction ends. It's at, what, five grand right now? Oh, I, I feel like it was, well, could be right now. A few minutes ago, I when we you first sent it to me, it was like 2500 bucks. Oh, is it that low? But it had a number of days to go. Yeah, it's, it's still six days to go. Yeah. It literally just went up. And um, I don't know, I, after riding Ron's and, and just all the ones I've ridden in that you've owned, I'm like, uh, maybe I should have one of these at some point. They're, they're nice cars. They're fun to drive when they work right. Mm-hmm. And once they're maintained and working right, they work right forever. Mm-hmm. You just need to maintain them, that's all. Yeah. They get, a, they get a bad rap, but they're really good cars. So I think they're pretty cool looking. But yeah, that's my that's my thought. I think it's going to be a twelve and a half thousand dollar car by the time the auction's done. Hmm. Uh, so we'll see what happens. We got, by next week, we'll know. Cool. Staring market watch continues. All right. So as always, follow us on uh, Instagram Auto Off Topic. Follow us on Facebook Auto Off Topic Podcast. Been posting a lot of Radwood content and uh, other stuff from uh, being out west. And follow me on Instagram, Raced in Anger. And Brad, where, where can they follow you? Uh, they can find me on Instagram at TSISS350. All right, cool. Keep cars analog and aim for the roses. Mm-hmm.